can start. Yes, sir, we can start. Okay. Um, thank, thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> good morning, all members, uh, the support staff of the committee, members of the public, uh, members of the media. Ladies and gentlemen, you are, you are, you are, you are all welcome to this uh, meeting. And <clears throat> standing committee on appropriations. Today it's meeting with the Financial and Fiscal Commission. Um, Dr. Mava and the commissioners and everybody from your team, you are all, you are all welcome. Uh, we, we are looking forward to interacting with your good selves. Perhaps let me just say before we, we proceed that all speakers are expected to switch on their videos. That's, that's one, two. Uh, everybody else should be muted unless we are, we are, we are talking so that we don't disturb uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the meeting. Uh, FFC will be briefing the committee on the 2022 appropriation bill and the second adjustment appropriation bill. Um, so we'll be interacting with them, they'll be briefing us as, as, as a committee and uh, as the people of South Africa who are watching on this thing, their take on, the, on, the, on these two bills. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll give FFC maximum 45 minutes uh, to deal with their, with, their, with their presentations. And then after that, the members of the committee will interact with the, present, with the presentation. Darren, before we, we, we proceed, can I check? Do we have any apologies? No, Chairperson. We haven't received any apologies for this meeting. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Mava and, and, and your team, uh, please take us through your, 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 present, your presentations and you'll only bring the, the meeting back uh, to me. Uh, at about 45 minutes, after about 45 minutes. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Chairperson of the committee, and good morning to honorable members. Uh, it's a great pleasure for the FFC to be here to bring, to bring you our comments on the 2022 appropriation bill and the 2022 second special adjustment appropriation bill. Uh, our researchers, um, members are ready and they are prepared with the presentations. Um, I will hand over to them. I will come towards the end uh, with concluding remarks. But at this time, I want to give the opportunity to our researchers. Uh, over to you, Chen. Uh, thank you, Chair, and uh, good morning, uh, indeed, uh, Honorable Chair uh, and uh, members of, this, uh, of the Standing Appropriation Committee. Um, today our focus uh, is, let me move the slide, is on the appropriation bill and the adjustments appropriation bill of 2022. So I shall fly through uh, the first three sections uh, that you see here before you, um, as uh, we've done them before, uh, but by instead uh, talk about some of the more recent developments in the world affecting our economy and fiscal outlook. Uh, so since our last engagement, Honorable Chair members, our world economy over, uh, outlook on the horizon has taken a turn for the worse. 
And this time, uh, unfortunately, it is arguably man-made. The most significant of which is that the American Central Bank, the Fed, has decided to increase uh, the interest rates and announce that it will shrink its portfolio of investments in the world as its policy stance to combat inflation, they said. Um, following in its footstep in the wrong direction, we believe, is the Bank of England also increased its rates. Our research at the Commission observes uh, this great reversal in monetary policy with disappointment, and uh, we think it might be first an error in their judgment and misapplication of financial and fiscal policies, and second, the imposition uh, and repercussions of these policy direction or policy decision errors on emerging economies such as ourselves in South Africa. First and foremost, monetary policy is only effective against um, demand pool inflation. Um, you will remember that in our last annual submission of 2022-23, we specifically made um, a, a deep research into deep dive research into the separation between um, the core versus non-core inflation. But also we highlighted the fact that uh, it's very important to differentiate between uh, what, inf uh, what inflation we're talking about. Um, is it uh, demand uh, pull or cost push? And we argue that where our evidence uh, of uh, COVID lockdown recently uh, around the world and ourselves uh, disrupted and broken supply chains and the evidence of the war and sanctions in the Northern Hemisphere points squarely at a supply uh, side push um, inflation. Um, second, as our South African financial system is intricately linked to the financial markets of the world investments and uh, the rate hike in arguably the most risk-free investment that is the US and the UK, these advanced economies, the South African Reserve Bank uh, is now put in a difficult position, uh, but to follow suit uh, in raising the interest rates coming this Wednesday. Um, uh, to maintain the risk and reward differentials to avoid a capital flight and a depreciation of our Southern Rand uh, to, what is now, uh, uh, to what is now a higher yielding investment uh, in these uh, advanced economies. Unfortunately, uh, monetary policy is no place for the contrarians. Um, as we so clearly learned uh, from Turkey uh, during uh, to reduce its interest rates, uh, disregarding inflation, only to feel the chronic and insurmountable uh, insurmountable uh, pain uh, when its Turkish lira depreciated, pass-through effects kicks in through trade and excess liquidity. Today, uh, Turkey's inflation now is rising uh, at nearly 70% or 69.97% annual inflation rates. In some honorable chair uh, and members, there is little doubt um, that more pain uh, will be felt throughout the economy globally, as well as our own, and especially that of our fiscal base, uh, our economy, and more importantly, employment, jobs, and productivity 
uh, must be bolstered. So I hope that is the context uh, that is um, uh, I have set out for you, Honourable Chair Members. Now let me hand over to uh, Sasha, who will take you through the, um, the focus uh, point of today, which is the Appropriation Bill and the Adjustment Appropriation Bill. And following that will be Tandon Gozo, Mr. Uh, will uh, talk about some of the uh, SOE matters. Um, thank you, uh, Sasha, if you please. Thank you and good morning, Chair, members of the committee and colleagues. Um, as Chen mentioned, um, the next few slides will hone in on highlights from the 2022 Appropriation Bill and the Second Adjustment Appropriation Bill. Um, so in total, members will know that um, the 2022 Appropriation Bill allocates just over a trillion rand across the uh, 41 votes for the 2022-23 uh, financial year. And compared to the revised estimate for 2021-22, this represents uh, this amount represents an increase of about three percent. Um, so that's when we look back. However, when we look forward, um, we see that the positive growth that is being projected for 2022 will not be maintained in 2023, uh, when departments again uh, are set to see widespread reductions and slower growth. Um, so definitely the revenue windfall caused by the commodities uh, boom has allowed for some increases for 2022-23, but based on the project projections for 23-24, departments are set to feel the pinch again. Um, and the, as I mentioned, the next few slides will just highlight some issues that the FFC would like to bring to the committee's attention. Um, so if we look at the uh, money being allocated via the appropriation bill in terms of the economic uh, classification components, we see that transfers and subsidies uh, is the largest type of spending, um, which, and it accounts for 71% of spending. Um, and this, of course, emphasizes uh, the fact that in our uh, three-sphere three system, it is um, your subnational governments and other government agencies that are uh, the real service delivery uh, implementers. Um, thus, the, the, the uh, flows of uh, intergovernmental transfer, transfers to uh, provinces, municipalities, and other uh, government agencies um, accounted for under that um, item of transfers and subsidies. Um, the second largest item is uh, current payments at 259 billion. Um, and the uh, largest proportion of that 259 billion um, is used to pay uh, COE, cost of employees. 69% um, of that amount, to be specific, is in respect of COE. Now, uh, when we look at the bill by vote, uh, members will know that the largest um, alloc allocation across the national votes is in respect of the social development vote. Um, and there are three key developments that drive the increase um, in the social development vote uh, this year and over the next three years. Uh, sorry, the next two years. Um, the first is the extension of the social relief of distress grant for another 12 months. Um, we know this comes at a cost of 44 billion and has been enabled by the by the revenue windfall experienced. Um, the second development is the adjustment to the child support grant, which will be expanded to include double orphans. And then the third development will be the linking of the social security grants to inflation. 
Um, now, the Commission supports these interventions as we believe they will bring necessary relief to poor and vulnerable households uh, who rely on social security grants, especially given the detrimental effects uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic that have been experienced over the past um, two years. Um, and in terms of the timing of these developments, the SRD grant is set to stop in March 2023, and so next year, March, um, while the the other two developments I mentioned, the linking to inflation and the extension to the uh, child support grant will be implemented in 2023-24. Uh, um, and just to mention that regarding the permanent replacement of the SRD grant, uh, the Commission notes that there are processes underway to identify a sound alternative. Um, and for the Commission, one of the central considerations that should be kept in mind when evaluating the viability of any uh, replacement is the long-run effect that it will have on the sustainability uh, of the fiscus. Um, if you can move to the next slide, please, Jim. Um, the other area of funding that has benefited from the revenue windfall is higher education, where an additional 32.6 billion um, is said to be transferred through this vote to the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, NSFAS. Um, the funding will be used to continue uh, support to existing bursary holders and to provide funding for new entrants into the system. Um, and here, the Commission would like to highlight the fact that the provision of bursaries to existing and new students is not a temporary or once-off type of support. Um, uh, what it does is it creates a future funding obligation, uh, at the very least over the short to medium term, um, and thus due consideration must be given to government's ability to sustain this level of funding over the medium term, especially given the 2023-24 the, um, forecasts of reductions or slow and slower growth. Um, so if revenue does not recover, the implication is that, for example, this uh, Department of Higher Education and Training budget will be under severe pressure come 2023-24, um, and we could jeopardize the um, flow, the support that we are um, wanting to provide to, 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 to students from uh, low-income households. Um, we do, however, note that according to the 2022 budget review, a new higher education funding model uh, is set to be introduced in 2023. So the Commission will await the contents um, of, of that new funding model. Um, then with respect to basic education, we know it's another key vote um, and there are nominal increases over the next three years. But of course, um, what is more important um, in that sector is what happens at the provincial education level, since that is where the delivery of basic education uh, takes place. Um, and to that end, the Commission welcomes additional funding aimed at assisting the provinces with addressing uh, the shortage of teachers. But again, as with the point made with the higher education vote, um, once teachers are high, hired, it then again creates a future expenditure obligation. And also if the, the, the slower growth or reductions, um, the basic education will be under significant pressure. Um, the other development in the basic education sector um, is the shifting of the ECD function to, from social development to, to the basic education vote. Um, and the commission... Uh, uh, is, is, is watching this development and we are hopeful that uh, with ECD forming part of the formal schooling system, 
um, that early learning will be afforded a greater priority. Um, then we, we note the increases to the cooperative governance vote. Um, the increases in respect of that vote is one of the key drivers of growth uh, in the total allocation uh, by vote. Um, and here, yeah, an additional funding of 28.9 billion is allocated, and it's it will largely be directed uh, at transfers to municipalities in the form of the local government equitable share LES allocation. Um, and given the role of municipalities in the delivery of uh, free basic services to indigent households, um, the Commission supports uh, the protection of, of, of this funding. Uh, moving to the next slide, please. Then along, uh, alongside the increased funding for social protection programs, um, government has also utilized the additional revenue to improve funding to economic development departments. Um, and this funding is largely in respect of infrastructure investment, um, thus reaffirming government's uh, infrastructure-led approach to stimulating growth. Um, and the notable allocations in this regard include uh, an additional 5.3 billion to the water and sanitation vote, and this is largely to fund the regional bulk infrastructure. And then also to the transport vote, where amongst other things, uh, about 40 billion will be allocated to address the backlog in upgrading and refurbishing the national non-toll road uh, network. Um, on, the, on both these aspects, uh, we note that, of course, water is critical for health reasons as well as economic development reasons. Uh, likewise, with transport, a good road infrastructure facilitates trade of goods and services. Um, it's also critical for economic growth and development. Uh, so in both aspects, uh, the Commission supports the targeting of funding towards these two votes. Um, and, of course, we need to keep... an keen eye out on the rollout of these infrastructure projects, um, as uh, we know that infrastructure management has been a long-standing challenge which can inhibit the, the, the possible gains that can be derived from in infrastructure investment. Um, then with respect to job creation, the allocations are spread across a number of, of national departments, uh, such as basic education. Also, um, we see uh, funding in that respect uh, for the trade industry and competition, as well as the employment and labour votes. Um, and what we note in our submission is that the various job creation initiatives have produced job opportunities, and this obviously provides income relief for the recipients. However, um, these initiatives have um, not really changed the macro picture of unemployment, um, thus alluding to the need for government to address the underlying Structural, structural issues that uh, drive the high unemployment rates. Um, then in, we've made a few recommendations with respect to, to this section. Um, so overall, the Commission supports government's decision to prioritise funding for social protection and economic development. Um, again, we emphasise the need to keep in mind the temporary nature of the, of the increased funding and be aware that in some instances, as mentioned uh, earlier, the additional funding um, for 2022-23 will create future uh, expenditure obligations in certain sectors, um, and these sectors will come under significant pressure um, should revenue uh, not recover. Um, 
So we would advise departments to be aware of this potential uh, theft and to be proactive in devising contingency plans to fund commitments uh, should the need arise. Um, we'd also like to emphasize the need for finalizing the higher education funding model uh, with haste so that we do not uh, uh, endanger the protection of uh, students at higher education learning institutions. Um, the next slide uh, is just, yeah, uh, this slide covers the second adjustments appropriation bill. Um, as noted in this slide, the aim of the second adjustments appropriation bill is to effect adjustments to the appropriation of money from the National Revenue Fund for expenditure that was approved in the 2021-22 financial year. Um, in total, the adjustments um, amount to $18.6 um, the bulk of that, 18.1 billion, is in respect of SASRIA to enable it to settle claims uh, arising from the civil unrest that took place last year in, in July. Um, and the Commission agrees with the support provided to SASRIA as the payment um, uh, of claims is important to support the recovery of businesses, especially of small and medium-sized enterprises who were hardied by the, by the unrest. Uh, the second amount relates to uh, 500 million in respect of the Department of Health for the COVID-19 vaccine program. Um, and again, the Commission supports the spending um, as part of government's ongoing uh, uh, program to respond to and manage the, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Chair, if I may hand over to Tando to take us through the, the next bit. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha, and uh, thank you, Chair, and uh, good morning, honorable members and colleagues who are present here on the, on the platform. I'll be taking uh, the honorable members uh, through the last uh, two sections of, of the presentation, touching on issues uh, that relate to SOE financial performance, um, infrastructure investment, and uh, the balance between recovery and uh, sustainability of uh, public finances. So starting with this slide, uh, this, uh, this table on, on this slide, uh, it shows um, SOE guarantees and exposure as a percentage of uh, GDP covering the period between 2017-18 and 2021-22. So what, what is worth mentioning is that government guarantees and exposure uh, to SOE, SOEs are very high and uh, represents a risk to uh, the debt sustainability and also public uh, finances. But um, in particular, ESCOM guarantees and exposure, as you can see, um, are, are the highest, um, averaging uh, over 5% uh, of uh, GDP over this uh, period. So. Uh, according to the 22 budget, contingent liabilities will reach um, 1.17 trillion or 18.11% of GDP because of uh, SOE is weak cash uh, flows and uh, the tight uh, borrowing uh, conditions. So the sharp rise in contingent liabilities results from um, high government guarantees uh, and uh, from the analysis that we've conducted, we, we've seen that contingent liabilities to SOEs account for half of the total contingent li liabilities. Um, the high guarantee to SOEs 
uh, has a negative impact on, on government debt, as we've already said. And, and the analysis shows that uh, if uh, all SOE guarantees were to materialize, government debt will overshoot the 100% of GDP mark. Uh, and that uh, underscores the, the agency and, and the need to, to reform uh, SOEs and, and restructure them so that they, they are in a, a healthy financial uh, situation. Next slide, please. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so the, this slide uh, speaks to, to starts start speaking to, to the financial performance of, of SOEs. Um, uh, this one relates to, to, to ESCOM. So we've uh, assessed uh, we've assessed uh, the financial health of uh, ESCOM and uh, we've uh, analyzed uh, its assets and liabilities and uh, the net profit uh, loss trends covering the period uh, between 2017 and 2021. So this figure shows that ESCOM's liabilities have increased from 534 billion in 2017 to 667 billion in 2019, while the assets have uh, decreased from 800. Uh, 82 billion in 2022, 700 billion in 2021. So what what is worth noting is that um, uh, well, ESCOM has also posted um, successive net losses over this period, uh, which peaked at a net loss uh, of 20.9 billion in 2019. Uh, this reflects a very weak financial performance and a very, and a very delicate financial health position for, for ESCOM. Next slide. So in this slide, we, we, we've, uh, we've done the, 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 the same kind of analysis, but now looking at Transnet and, and um, SABC. So uh, we see on the figure on the left uh, shows uh, uh, that Transnet assets have declined from 366, uh, 369 billion in 2018 to 336 billion in 2021. And um, uh, Trans. Transnet has made a, um, a net loss of 8.4 billion in 2021 after having maintained successive uh, net uh, uh, profits uh, between 2017 and, and 2020. And then the figure on the right shows so shows us that uh, SAP liabilities have increased from 282 billion in uh, 2017 to 384 billion in 2019. Um, uh, but what is also worth noting is that as the SABC has consist consistently posted a, a net loss uh, for the past five years that we looked at, and that uh, the SABC net loss reached um, 1.03 billion in 2017 before declining to 524 million in 2021. Uh, this uh, tells us uh, that uh, both Transnet and SABC uh, financial performance uh, 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 is weak and that their financial health position is, is, is fragile. Next slide. So after assessing the financial performance of this uh, major um, uh, SOE, we, 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 we note three points. Uh, the, first, the first one uh, is that the underperformance of uh, SOEs is, is is placing a heavy burden on the fiscus and uh, it highlights the need to to address uh, the root causes of 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 the of the weakness uh, in financial performance the second one is that the poor uh, health of soes is is also 
or reflected uh, in, in the deterioration of, of the probability and solvents ratio, which also speaks uh, and, and strengthened the, the point that we've already made that uh, the, the financial performance of this institution of these institutions uh, is, is very weak. And then the third point um, is that the commission uh, welcomes the, the initiatives by government to address these weaknesses uh, that, that are bedeviling the, the SOEs, uh, including uh, the, the initiative to establish a centralized shareholder model uh, for, for the commercial SOEs, and also the, the initiative to, to publish a framework that will outline uh, the, the criteria for, for government funding. And next slide. So we move on now to, to the next uh, theme, which is looking at the public uh, infrastructure investment. Uh, what, is, what is worth noting is that uh, infrastructure investment, um, as uh, honorable members uh, will be aware, is critical for economic growth and development. Uh, so this graph shows infrastructure investment trends covering the period uh, between 2018-19 uh, and 2024-25. Looking at um, the, the three spheres of, of government, but also the, 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 the public and private partnerships, state-owned uh, as well as state-owned uh, companies. So the trend shows that uh, infrastructure investment uh, uh, decelerated from 216 billion in 2018-19 to 187 billion in 2019-20. Uh, in infrastructure investment however increased to 249 billion in 2021 2022 uh, next slide so uh, the the graph on this slide uh, it shows uh, the share of infrastructure investment by the three spheres of of government as well as the public entities uh, public and uh, private uh, partnerships and also soes uh, so the graph shows uh, that the, the share of infrastructure investment by, by the three uh, uh, spheres of, of uh, government as well as um, uh, the SOEs, uh, what, sorry, what, what is worth uh, mentioning is that in addition to, to the high shares of infrastructure investment uh, by uh, state-owned companies, the trends reflect that the state of uh, uh, the, the share of public entities in infrastructure spending has also increased. Uh, if you look at the, the shares there, the, from, uh, the, 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 the share has increased from 9.8% in 2021 uh, to 13.6% uh, in, in 2022, uh, uh, implying that government is increasingly depending on uh, public entities and and um, uh, and state-owned companies for infrastructure investment. Now, this is worrying uh, for the Commission because, given uh, the poor financial health position and the and the weak uh, financial performance of uh, of public entities, as outlined in the slides uh, previously, uh, the, the 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 Commission is worried about um, the return uh, to investment uh, of the infrastructure program and its sustainability in this context. And secondly. Uh, the share of uh, local government uh, in infrastructure investment uh, is declining, and the Commission is concerned that uh, uh, this is happening in the context whereby infrastructure backlogs are, are still uh, existing in, in municipalities. Next slide, please. So, 
Uh, given the, the analysis above, the Commission makes uh, the following uh, recommendations. Uh, the, uh, there are three, three in total. Uh, so the first one relates uh, to the fact that the Commission uh, recommends that government should assess uh, SOEs in order to appraise the, their uh, profitable feasibility, operational efficiency, their track record, and in resolving market failures and uh, uh, attaining uh, developmental goals. Secondly, the Commission recommends that government should uh, harmonize the legislative framework for SOEs in order to remove the, le- the legal ambiguity uh, and reinforce uh, implementation and proof uh, disclosure of uh, re- reporting requirements. And then uh, finally, the Commission recommends that government uh, implements the necessary operational and uh, governance and financial reforms that will enable SOEs to effectively and efficiently deliver uh, infrastructure in order to, to realize returns uh, to investment. Uh, next slide. So um, uh, another important uh, theme that we looked at um, is uh, how how the, the, the budget is balancing recovery and, and, and fiscal sustainability. So we note that uh, given the key impact of COVID, uh, the key imperatives are, are twofold. They, they relate to economic recovery and the stabilization of uh, public finances. Uh, in this regard, overcoming COVID-19, protecting livelihood and supporting uh, businesses have been uh, prioritized by the, by the, by the budget. And uh, we also note that the budget has placed emphasis on social recovery, uh, boosting consumption and, and investment while simultaneously uh, retaining expenditure on the economic function as my, 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 my colleague Sasha has already alluded to. So there is a need um, to, to, to fully appreciate the bi-directional uh, impact of these in- initiatives in order to inform uh, the future uh, fiscal framework. Next slide. So uh, what we also note uh, is that the composition of uh, expenditure is not if, is not fully aligned to to the economic uh, reconstruction reconstruction and the recovery plan, uh, the ERRP. Uh, the allocations to, by way of example, the allocations to manufacturing um, uh, incent- incentives uh, for, for product and system development are projected to, to decrease uh, uh, by uh, 9% and 6.3% over the MTEF respectively. Yet these uh, interventions are aimed at uh, e- e- economic uh, uh, recovery. Um, and then secondly, uh, we note that the allocation uh, to food security and agri- uh, ag- agrarian reform program declines uh, by uh, 10.5%, yet uh, the ERR- ERRP uh, aims to support labor uh, intens- intens- intensive uh, sectors such as agriculture to achieve more inclusive uh, growth. Um, so with regards to with regards to, to uh, uh, infrastructure, our, our analysis also shows that um, uh, inf- infrastructure spending is, is, is uh, characterized by delivery and uh, management de- deficiencies. Uh, so the commission um, then uh, uh, ages government to ensure that the infrastructure fund is a key instrument for 
for the for the ERP is implemented within the parameters of uh, uh, the IGFR uh, uh, instruments uh, through equitable and um, uh, uh, in, 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 through equitable distribution of uh, uh, projects. So the recommendation, therefore, is, is that um, uh, the budget process for 23-24 should uh, focus on aligning the allocation to, to the economic recovery, uh, reconstruction and recovery plan as informed by a comprehensive budget and uh, expenditure review. Uh, at this time, I will hand over to our chairperson to, to go through the, our concluding remarks. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you so much, um, Tando. Uh, in conclusion, um, uh, Chairperson and members, uh, the Commission supports uh, Budget 2022 and government's continued commitment to consolidating public finances while providing support for the pandemic response, job creation, and social protection. The Commission further emphasized uh, a number of points. One, uh, in terms of South Africa's growth prospects, the Commission's view is that it is improbably or, or unlikely that the economy will return to pre-pandemic production levels within the year. Regarding revenue and tax policy, the Commission supports government's approach of focusing on broadening the tax base, improving administration, and lowering tax rates. The Commission welcomes as well government's decision to use a portion of the revenue windfall to lower the gross borrowing requirements and reducing debt issuances. However, the Commission cautions that debt stabilization risks remain elevated and pose significant challenges to public finances. The Commission supports the decision to use the revenue windfall to improve pro poor allocations over the MTEV period. The Commission believes that this is an approach that does not jeopardize the path to deficit reduction and fiscal consolidation. It should be noted, though, that um, there are certain elements of funding within budget 2022, which can create future funding obligations, such as NSFAS funding, as well as the hiring of additional teachers. Should revenue not recover, this will place departments under significant pressure. Next slide. The commission applauds um, the efforts and outcomes associated with government's attempts, uh, chairperson and members, to stimulate employment through numerous interventions. However, this has not changed the macro level picture of, un of unemployment. In this regard, more significant structural reforms focus on artisanal skills are required to address unemployment in the long run. The commission therefore welcomes and awaits the finalization of processes that are currently underway to find a more permanent alternative 
to the SRD grant. A key consideration for the commission when evaluating a potential replacement will be the long run viability and effects that a replacement will have on the fiscus. Given that the SRD grant will be stopped in March 2023, it will also be useful for the government to have a definitive timeline around this issue's decision-making process. Given the role that municipalities also play in delivering free basic services to indigent households, the Commission supports the growth in the allocation to the sphere. The Commission stresses the need for municipalities to improve the efficiency of spending and value for money. This must be done with the support of the national and provincial spheres of government through proper monitoring, reporting, and evaluation. Uh, Last slide. Finally, uh, members, uh, we believe as a commission that uh, fraud, corruption, and fiscal management in the form of fruitless and wasteful expenditure remain rampant. The government must take decisive and prompt actions against the perpetrators of these wastages and leakages to send a clear message that the government is serious about addressing this challenge. Regarding progress towards the goals of economic and social recovery alongside fiscal sustainability, the commission is of the view that budget 2022 has placed stronger emphasis on a people-centered budget by allocating over 1.1 trillion of the budget to social wage programs. Budget 2022 further provides for expenditure side economic recovery levers through the economic functions, which is set to receive 227 billion rather in 2022-23. Much emphasis of the spending is on infrastructure. And to this end, infrastructure management and delivery flows are a key factor that hamper the potential gains to the economy. And that that can be derived from infrastructure spending. So we need to have a more clear focus on containing our spending on infrastructure. And finally, uh, the commission also notes that there is a misalignment between the prioritization of spending within the economic function relative to the priorities identified as high impact job creation interventions in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. This uh, misalignment are namely in the infrastructure rollout, localization, through industrialization and food security. That concludes our presentation, uh, Chairperson, and we await um, any comments from the House. Thank you, Dr. Mava and, 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 your, and your team for that uh, presentation. Uh, oral members, it's, it's our turn now to uh, interact with the presentation as uh, done by FFC. Can I get names of oral members who would like to interact with the presentation? Uh, 
You know how we do it. Share its Honorable Sarupin, please. Honorable Sarupin. Matafa. Honorable Matafa. Honorable Dikhale. Honorable Dikhale. Peters. Honorable Peters. Mare. Honorable Mare. Kaiso. Honorable Kaiso. Okay, honorable members. Um, let's try to keep it within 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 five minutes. Honorable Sarupen, can you start, please? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, I'm just going to hone in on everything from slides 21 onwards around um, state-owned companies. And let's start with the guarantees to state-owned companies. I see that as per the FFC's um, slide, which is very informative. And the first time I think we've seen this data consolidated into a single piece of information that we can actually look at, um, that the contingent liabilities account for 18.11% of GDP. Um, and ESCOM, of course, being the biggest one there at 5.6% uh, of GDP. Uh, and one of the things the, SO, uh, the FFC recommends is that they highlight the urgency and importance of reforming SOEs in light of the immediate risk they pose to the fiscus. I think that's very, very fair comments. And I'd like to know from the, um, from the FFC what they think the necessary re restores, the necessary reforms are required for um, SOEs from their perspective and what steps they would recommend the state take to stabilize and reform SOEs. Um, then just in terms of uh, ESCOM's um, fiscal performance, which they use as a case study, which was, I think, particularly useful, um, I think that what is very disturbing there, Chair, this is just a comment, is that how quickly the net asset value of ESCOM declined over a couple of years, particularly in 2019, when it dipped below 100 billion rand. I think it is in the 2021 financial year, it is just over 200 billion. But the liabilities, of course, um, are very, very high. So that becomes a very, very serious concern there. And I think we've seen similar with Transnet and SABC. Um, and then on public infrastructure investment, Chair, the, I note that the FFC has pointed out that local government has uh, massively reduced in its investment into public infrastructure investments, and that this is a, a cause for concern. Um, I'd just like to get an understanding from the FFC as to how this correlates with financial allocations to local governments, and if they're of the view that the um, allocations to local government has slowed in the last couple of years, um, to help bail out uh, national governments as well as to um, cover the rising costs of debt. And if it is necessary for the state to begin to curtail that debt in order to begin to, to ensure that its local and provincial governments are able to make public in infrastructure investments. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Sarupen Oromnatafa. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, Honorable Members. Dr. Mava and the FFC uh, team. Uh, let me first start by thanking the presentation. Uh, it's really empowering and will assist in us going forward. Chair, I just have a few questions and, and one will be on the first input that uh, Chen made in terms of the Central Bank of the United States as well as uh, 
of England uh, as far as uh, the increment uh, on the repo rates. Now, the question that I have, uh, in the media, there is talk that the monetary policy of the country is also likely to increase uh, interest rates. Now, the question is, is there any relation to this move by these international central banks? And also, is it in relation to the already elevated inflation levels that we see linked to the Russia-Ukraine situation? And, and, and what measures can the government put in place to ensure that while the Reserve Bank uh, is increasing interest rates, the impact is not dire for ordinary South Africans? The second point, Chair, is on the issue of the COVID-19. Has the FFC done a thorough study to determine the impact that COVID-19 has had on the fiscal sustainability? And to what extent has it influenced this particular appropriations bill that is before us? And if that has been done, considering the fact that we are also faced with a rising debt service costs and elevated cost of borrowing, what can government do to create capacity and better be able to address economic shocks while preserving fiscal sustainability? The third point, Chair, is on the issue of the floods experienced in KZN. We, we all know that KZN is the second largest contributor to the country's uh, GDP. And the recent floods would have disrupted consumer and business activity. How notable or significant will this impact of the floods be on the overall South African economy? particularly its outlook? And what measures can government implement to ensure that it responds adequately to issues of climate change? I'm raising this chair because many speakers are actually placing the blame of the floods in KZN on issues of climate change. Now, I think that calls for government to respond in line with the prevailing conditions as far as uh, how the weather responds to the new climate change and the impact that it has. The, the last point, Chair, is on the stated windfall from current commodity booms. Now, for, for me, where I'm sitting, I think this is temporary. And, and from the little knowledge that I have is that it is linked to the developments in the European space, the conflict between Ukraine and, and, and Russia. Should this war come to an abrupt end and this commodity boom is no longer present, what actions does government need to take immediately to increase its revenues, considering that we are near the end of term for the NDP, whereby we envisaged 5% plus economic growth? How can government ensure that at least we move as close as possible to that particular economic growth of 5% plus without this particular commodity uh, boom in the event that they are no longer there. I will, I will pause there, Chair. Thank you very much for the opportunity to participate in this discussion. Thank you once again, uh, Dr. Mava and the team. Thank you, Honorable Matafa, Honorable Tehale.
thank, thank you very much, Chairperson, and good morning to everybody. Uh, allow me, Chair, to switch off my video. Uh, just keep your video on. We hear you very well. If you are struggling, then we can say switch it off. Okay, th thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, let me take this opportunity and thank Dr. Mava this morning and uh, Team FFC for their presentation, which is a good music to our ears. Uh, I think if what they are saying can really put to practice, then it will assist many, especially in the rural areas. Chairperson, uh, I have heard that they, they have touched on the, this issue of moving the, the ECDs from social development to a Department of Basic Education. I just want to check because we've been hearing about this. I'm checking if ever this is going to start as a pilot project, if yes, where, or on which side of the, of the country. And if it's, it's, go, it's not going to start as a, as a pilot project, it's just going to move to the department so that they they put it in into practice are they going to monitor so that even uh, the ecds in the rural areas are being covered i am saying this person because uh, <clears throat> uh, well we we keep on talking about the effect of covid 19 into our our country but uh, COVID in the rural areas when it arrives, it found that people are, are struggling. They are not working, they are poor. And when it comes to the, the kids, they are, their parents are receiving social grant. And with that little, they try to share it with the ECD mothers that are taking care of their children. Even if they are not working, now it's fashionable that even if you're not working, the children must grow in, a, in an area where they will be able to be taught how to use their fingers and so on and so on, so that when they go to school, they don't struggle. So my question is, how is this going to be monitored? And on the issue of uh, <coughs> a, a social intervention, when it comes to relieving the poor and the vulnerable, where they rely on a, a security grant, especially given the detrimental effects of the of the past. I, I also want to check, actually my questions are the same. Uh, we are here, it's happening, but in the in the rural areas, it's just chaos, it's problems. And, and these problems are continuing because um, uh, at first or way back, uh, this uh, vulnerable and, 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 and poor, will receive uh, uh, something from social development whereby it will assist them. After school, they will via to a certain area whereby they will get uh, uh, whatever is prepared for their stomach and to be assisted with homeworks and, and assignments. And those who are heading their family, the child-headed families, they will then get even something so that they will uh, put on the table before they sleep or eat before they sleep. So I just want to check, it's, it's the same question actually, that how are they going to, to be monitored that this is happening even in the, in the rural areas? Thank you, Chair. 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 Thank you
Thank you, Honorable Tihale. Honorable Tikas, please come in. Thank you, thank you very much, Chairperson. Now, what's happening? We can hear you. We can see you. Yeah, but my screen is just black. No, I saw it. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Yes. There's Honorable Mareo, whose mic is also open. Uh, Chairperson, thank you very much. Um, I can see you now. Uh, thank you very much to the FFC for the... Uh, presentation and uh, once more uh, good morning to all members of the committee. I just want out to find out from the FFC, I'm not going to make a reference to particular uh, slides, but I, I, I think the, the, the FFC would uh, relate to the issues that I'm, 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 I'm going to raise. Uh, one is with regard to, and I think Honorable Matafa uh, uh, slightly touched on it, the, the comparison of the US and UK to South Africa. For me, it seems to be an, an unfair comparison, Chairperson. Is there no situation where the FFC can do a like-for-like options, especially when you consider the issue of the repo rate or the interest rate, yeah, for a not for a level for the load. I know it's called the monetary policy. And and is it, um, for example, looking at uh, monetary policies of BRICS or the top five countries in the continent of Africa or maybe in the uh, uh, developing uh, 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 world? Sometimes I think uh, comparing South Africa to the U- UK, uh, uh, creates a very high benchmark. Countries that have been in operation and, and developed for more than 200 years and Tinasisakasa, uh, and I'm not saying that because Sisakasa, uh, that is justifiable, but I think the comparison will help us as members of the, this, this committee to see whether there's uh, improvement or not. Chairperson, uh, I just want to ask the FFC, according to them, what could be done to save uh, uh, some of the SOCs that are still uh, in the in the in the uh, uh, green and 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 uh, orange to take those who are in the orange to green. And because for me, it is important that we, we, we get an understanding of some of the SOCs that, like one of the colleagues have indicated, needs to be reformed. Some of them needs to be merged. Which ones do you think that the PIA Commission report, uh, 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 its uh, recommendations, should be uh, implemented on? You remember the, the commission that was looking at the, 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 the SOCs in the period between 2009 and 2010. And considering the, the, the situation prevailing in some of the SOCs, 
what in the opinion of the FFC should be done to ensure that the services they provide are not compromised or allowed to fail and and that the users at lower level for example uh, we've been hearing about the electricity challenges for a very long time and we are told we are going to live with these challenges for a long time because the the infrastructure that we have is it in the rail sector but also in the in the in the electricity sector is very old and uh, there is a balancing act government needs to to make to make it possible that you provide the grants you provide the uh, a free uh, uh, water for the indigent and electricity you provide a child support grants you provide a a, a, a grants for the aged and now the SRD grants and now there's an appeal for an extension of this SRD, but in a better form or more, or increase it to probably a BIG. So the, the issue of the balancing act uh, in terms of investing in, in the SOC's infrastructure that has decayed at an accelerated rate, because it would mean they need to accelerate it. And remember, some of the, the challenges that we have in our communities, like for example, in, in the Northern Cape in, in Kimberley, when they repair, like from tomorrow, the, the water will be closed till Sunday to repair certain pipes. We know for sure that on Monday or Sunday evening, the water will not be back because the other areas are going to start popping because the new infrastructure is now so powerful for the old that is connected to it, that, like they say, you don't you don't put fresh wine in old skin, but you you you, you it bursts, and and that is what is happening in our communities. Unfortunately, the local sphere of government, as well as national and and, and provincial, is not communicating the challenges of the infrastructure related uh, 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 interruptions from time to time. Now it looks like more on the inefficient government. Whilst, yes, we've got challenges of uh, corruption, we've got challenges of inefficient uh, uh, or uh, capacity here and there, but in some instances, it is this uh, uh, infrastructure that is so decayed that it cannot carry the, 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 the new loads that is put into it. So there was a time where the FFC supported devolution of functions, but not mentioning anything about uh, the, the budget that would follow those functions. I know that it was one of the things that in my previous life, I had to deal with it where the FFC had written a letter in support of a municipality to ask for particular services that they believe that belong into that municipality. And I just want to find out another question, Chair. Am I sound as a broken record? Last week, I asked National Treasury and uh, also PBO. The issue related to the capacity of Sandral to support provinces with regard to roads infrastructure. What is the view of the FFC with regard to this? In, in, in Again, I will mention my province, the Northern Cape, there is a dam emerging, a dam of wastewater 
that comes from the municipality through the a place called Hoha Farm. That water used to be sold to mines and 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 at a nominal amount to mines and the agricultural sector. It is no longer happening now. It has damped. It has destroyed the road, and now people who used to pay 80 rand from Bobatli and Delpots Hope and all those areas to get to Kimberley are now having to pay 200 rand because the road has been diverted to go via the N12 onto the, the Winserton Road then to Batley West. So even the poorest of the poor, imagine a pensioner who used to, after pension, go and shop at the at supermarkets in Kimberley, can't do that anymore because the cost of transport has gone up. What is the view of FFC with regard that particular uh, uh, function, which is uh, uh, will help the, the, the provinces with the capacity that Sandran has to be able to make sure that they can build better quality roads? There, there is a report uh, uh, with regard to the 750,000 kilos of roads in South Africa where it shows that more than uh, 10% are actually very, very good roads in the hands of Sandran, and the very good ones are also in the hands of Sandran, as well as the good ones, 30% of the good ones. So it actually tells you that uh, the vision of the Mandela administration to create an agency like Sandra was to make sure that these roads can be uniform. And I mean, of, of the same standard, the people in uh, Chaperson, I'm not diverting, the people in Kuruman, once uh, John Dalohanseo once said that the people in Gauteng have got five roads going that way and five roads going this way, uh, uh, the, the, the south and the northbound. So they want one that they can uh, cross in the middle and create a one road, but it must be very good. So I think it is important that we understand roads actually enable socioeconomic development. They enable access to education. Lastly, Jefferson, the education outcomes. Have FFC ever done a study on the, 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 the amount of a budget that is allocated to the education sector. Now I'm speaking about from ECD right up to higher education, whether it is value for money. When we are told that we've got this number of young people who are unemployed, not because they don't have the qualification, but the quality of their qualification, the skills that they have don't seem to match what the economy needs. So I think it is important that we hear from FFC. Did you ever, uh, uh, as the Finance and Fiscal Commission, look at whether we do get value for money? Are you working together with DPME with regard to evaluation and monitoring the 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 the, 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 the runs and cents that are being spent in the, the in the education center? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Peters. Um, Oral Mare, please come in. Honorable Mare. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. <laughs> um, I will cut it short. 
My question was also about the SOECs and the guarantees, and I was covered by our colleagues, Surapan and Peters, on that matter. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Marem, Honorable Gaiso. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Let me also thank the presentation made by, by the FFC. Uh, indeed, it was uh, quite interesting uh, and quite helpful <clears throat> for the committee. Chair, let me start here. Uh, on the issue uh, uh, raised by, by FFC around the, uh, <clears throat> the, in fact, it was said previously during their presentation that the issue around the impact of the uh, conflict in uh, Ukraine, but where I'm getting to is the, the impact once more that now, uh, as well as the decision of the US Federal Bank and the UK, uh, my colleague Oscar uh, uh, Matava has, has pointed out that one, uh, it has actually resulted in the price increase in, 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 in retail foods and higher oil prices. Now I want, and, and as well as, as, as services, now, I just want to check from FFC, have you made your, because I want to believe that once we, we make reference to oil price increase and, and retail goods uh, price increase in services, obviously we're referring to the most vulnerable uh, and the poor who will be at the, I mean, who are going to be mostly affected by, by, by this uh, price increase. Have you made your, uh, your, 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 uh, your, your, your research or studies as to to what an extent can the government, for in a sense, uh, come in as far as you know, price increases? Remember that there is no date of uh, conflict. I mean, when is it going to end? There is no date. And, and, and actually, because of that conflict, obviously, the developed countries uh, like US and like UK have actually moved to, you know, in a direction that would, uh, you know, benefit their profitability of capital. <clears throat> so the easiest way is to simply go to, uh, you know, uh, this drive of, you know, uh, uh, high while price and uh, 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 increase of uh, interest rates, etc., looking at their own economy, not bothering themselves with the third developed countries like the owner of uh, has said. So what measures do you think, or have you made a research that the government can make a, a cushion uh, given this developed situation? I mean, it's a, it's a global development that, that sees the, the conflict in the uh, Ukraine, so that we are not going to be found wanting at the end of the day. I'm saying this, given the level of high employment in the country, uh, which has now expanded to way above 40% in the uh, expanded terms, 
and 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 so it, it, it creates a very serious problem for for, for for the people to can live survive under this circumstance so what sort of a research we have done around it so that uh, perhaps it should be able to guide and assist us moving forward so that we, we don't wait for an explosion of you know situation because you know that where this uh, situations in, in various countries where there's high level of price, uh, oil price, and price, uh, food price increase, and, and services were not affordable. It, it, it ended up in a, in a very you know, an unintended uh, 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 situation. And now let me go to this point uh, on the state-owned uh, companies. And you say that now uh, you have discovered that that now there is malalignment in as far as economic function is concerned uh, to the proper you know, implementation or, or to realize the objective of economic uh, recovery plan. So now, uh, I, I think for the committee is very much important that now we should uh, make it a, a, a resolution that now the, the economic, the, the economic composition of economic function should be aligned uh, in such a way that it also talks to the economic recovery plan moving forward, as, as recommended by the uh, Commission in, uh, in the 2023-24 uh, uh, budget. So otherwise, we are going to be doing a map time uh, with this uh, good plan. And thirdly, I want to come to the issue of the, that we've talked about in as far as you know, a foreign direct investment. Now, given that a, a private sector should play a very critical role in as far as also you know, assisting the government in as far as a rollout of infrastructure problem. But then there is a, a, this, a, phenomenon of uh, uh, investment boycott. Now, now I want to understand from the FFC, how would this now uh, happen in the light of the economic I mean, investment boycott or investment strike by the foreign companies or by the private sector, in fact, uh, which would assist in an unlocking service delivery because Service delivery, as you say, or you presented in your slide, says it also relies in as far as you know, the private sector also playing their role as a private sector in the investment to enhance service delivery. Not only the government, but private sector also coming in very strongly. But now I'm saying in the light of investment strike, how would this uh, actually happen? What, what is your opinion around this? Uh, do you see this actually realizing this objective, FFC? Now, we've—I uh, think on a number of government mafutas, we have been there has been a a a a a, 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 a resolution or a commitment to ensure that artisanal skills, you know, become a a key focus in ensuring. A, job creation and unemployment in the future. But this, uh, this one seems to be a, 
a goal which we cannot be realized very easily. I mean, uh, there are community colleges which are being built or have been built, but it does seem to be a, still a, a challenge that to to can realize this you know, uh, noble you know uh, decision to 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 make sure that artisanal skills are being uh, built. So now, what is the challenge in as far as FFC is concerned around this? Because I don't think it's a very new uh, resolution, this one. It has been there, uh, but it, it's like there is something that is, is causing a, a, a stumbling block that this should not be realized. Uh, yeah. So lastly, Chair, is on the... Um, no, I, I think, Chair, let me uh, pause at this stage. Uh, perhaps I'll come back uh, if there's any other issue that I want to raise. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kaiso. <clears throat> let me just check. Do I, do I have any other oral member who would like to pose a question or a comment before I come in? No, Chair. Uh, good morning, but I'm fine, Chairperson. Okay, Honorable Nzana, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Let, 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 let me come in. Um, uh, Dr. Mava and Team FFC, thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, my, my first question, uh, when you look at uh, your, your, your CrossFix capital formation slide, uh, it's public corporations who are leading with uh, uh, in, in, in investment. Um, we, the president has, has been having a lot of um, of uh, investment conferences, and a lot of uh, companies have <clears throat> come up and said they they're going to to come and invest, but we seem not to see it on 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 your slide. What is happening? Would you like to comment on on on, on that, uh, Chen? Um, I don't see it come uh, uh, coming. Is, is it perhaps those commitments are never actualized? Um, yeah, I think that's 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 one thing. Perhaps uh, uh, with that, um, <clears throat> you, you remember that the corporate income tax has been decreased by one percentage point. Uh, do you expect to see that translating into any form of uh, a gross fixed capital formation and therefore employment creation? Uh, what's, 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 what's your view <clears throat> on Sastra? Uh, the second adjustment appropriation bill, uh, you you can see that uh, Sasra is coming for 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 recapitalization. Uh, <clears throat> remember, only two provinces were affected by this unrest. Um, it has always been argued that uh, Sasra it's a, it's a healthy it's a healthy organization, but then came the two provinces. This is supposed to be a national a national organization. You had two uh, provinces affected by the unrest, and then you had Sasra coming to, to government for recapitalization. Uh, it's like insurance is when insurance must come uh, after having taken um, uh, premiums and so on, and when it must meet its obligation, it, it, it goes to the a big shareholder. Um, how would you, how would you um, define the problem of Sasra? Uh, number three, despite many uh, 
recapitalization programs of government to ESCOM, the balance sheet keep, keeps on weakening. Is that a fact? Which I think yes. And why is it, why is it weakening when uh, the shareholder is busy putting money into ESCOM? What do you think the problem is? Next question. Uh, FFC welcomes the centralized shareholder model uh, for, for the SOEs. Uh, I would like to hear you. Why are you welcoming it? How do you see it in, 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 in improving uh, management of, of, of SOEs? Uh, aren't you seeing uh, perhaps there's a school of thought which says it's one bureaucracy after on top of the other bureaucracy. And then there's also a, a government department responsible for this. How do you see this improving the performance of SOEs in general? And perhaps ESCOM, uh, Transnet and SAPC in, in particular. What is it that the boards uh, with their governance structures uh, can't do, which must be done by this centralized shareholder model? Um, a general question. Do you think that the, bu the budget, the appropriation bill as presented here, supports economic transformation? Um, if the answer is yes, and I think that's what we have said before, you know that the indicators, the economic indicators have been going the wrong direction. Where they are looking at uh, 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 poverty, you are looking at inequality, you are looking at unemployment rates, they're all going in the wrong direction. What is it that uh, is not being turned properly? Or uh, perhaps I'm going to argue that uh, the problem is not money there. If, it's, if that's your position, what is the problem? Why are we not able to achieve these broad uh, national uh, imperatives of reducing unemployment, uh, of reducing poverty, and of reducing inequality? You know that the World Bank has said recently that our country, South Africa, is the most unequal society. And uh, you know exactly what that means uh, for, <clears throat> for the people of South Africa. And uh, you know that inequality goes along racial lines and uh, uh, unequal societies are known to be very unstable societies. And unstable societies have got a problem in attracting in, in, in investment, knowing that capital is very mobile these, 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 these days. So I'm saying, uh, <clears throat> what do you think the problem is uh, uh, in as far as economic transformation is concerned, or perhaps uh, the appropriation bill that what we are dealing with. Dr. Mava and your team, uh, please uh, respond to the questions, uh, and then uh, you bring back the meeting to us once uh, your team has finished uh, responding to the issues and the questions that you are raising. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Chairperson and honorable members for the the pertinent questions and the issues that have been raised. Um, one of the comments which have been raised, I do believe that um, as South Africa, we should be aware of the global outlook um, and the impact of the decisions which are made in the Northern Hemisphere. And that um, ultimately though, we should peg ourselves on the emerging markets um, and especially the, the, uh, the economies, actually, uh, that are in Africa. That is where we should peg ourselves as South Africa, uh, given our unique uh, circumstances. 
Um, members, we have uh, expert opinions uh, from the other commissioners. Um, uh, Commissioner Mukadi, I believe, is on the platform, and Commissioner Kawe. And we also have the researchers, uh, the research heads, and the and the researchers who have done extensive work on some of these questions which have been asked. I'd like to find out from Commissioner Mukadi and Commissioner Kawe if they want to take a stab on any of the questions, um, if they are available. Um, and then after that, I would like to give an opportunity to the researchers uh, to answer in detail uh, some of the comments. Commissioner Mokadi, I see you are on the platform. Um, thank you very much, Chair. Um, uh, greetings to uh, the Honourable Chair and uh, Honourable Members. Um, if it is okay, I'd like to switch off my camera. I've got a very unstable um, uh, internet line at the moment, please. Um, yes, uh, just a few questions that I'd like to respond to. Uh, maybe the the uh, the last one, starting from the the chairperson, about whether there are economic reforms that uh, uh, have translated into uh, uh, through the budget. In other words, whether uh, we're seeing any value um, um, uh, through this budget. I'm. Um, I think uh, the difficulty is that, uh, uh, Honourable Chair, you spot on about unemployment, inequality and poverty, which continues to uh, undermine uh, whatever efforts have been done in trying to present a budget that uh, hopefully would uh, have an impact. Uh, and we agree with you with regard to that. But there is no one specific problem that we can really say this is actually the cause. There are several uh, 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 issues that go to that. And some of your members have already raised the issue. Do we really get uh, uh, a value for money uh, if we have a rent? Do we really uh, get the full benefit of that? And we all know that the answer is not at all. Part of uh, our contribution as the FFC was to uh, commission a paper uh, on uh, corruption, which we believe uh, 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 is one of the uh, uh, causes of the problem. As I said, it's not the only one. But if we could get that part right, hopefully uh, we will see uh, our budget uh, uh, yielding uh, 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 greater results and contributing immensely into the issues of unemployment, inequality, and poverty. So very soon uh, we would be publishing uh, that paper. Uh, we have a various legislation and uh, uh, various instruments that uh, that attempt to stem the tide. Uh, recently, we also have the Zonda Commission and so forth. Uh, but we we looking at it from the point of view of changing the mindset of society, and and and, and changing the subculture that has uh, even gone as far as to undermine those very instruments and legislation 
that uh, attempts to uh, 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 reduce or or, or or deal with with corruption. Um, and then I'm sure my other colleagues would then add to to that uh, to to various other uh, issues that they do see as undermining economic transformation, uh, as presented through the budget. And then um, the uh, the issue of uh, uh, of S of SOEs that has been raised, I think, by Honourable Sarupen uh, and Honourable Peters and, and other members. Um, we, uh, it's, it's again a broken record that we've not really seen any value. We've continued to pump in money into those uh, SOEs. We have raised the issue previously that it's got to do with uh, financial performance, poor performance and uh, 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 weakness in governance and so forth. These have been raised from time to time. Uh, but uh, in our paper uh, submission, we, we, we suggest that uh, hopefully the, uh, the, the centralized uh, uh, shareholder model uh, could hopefully bring the reform that we expect uh, 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 to contribute in stemming that tide, together with uh, the publication of the criteria of the framework for government funding with regard to SOEs. But having said that, that would not stop there because we still would not know what the efficacy of those models would be. There's a requirement uh, by uh, parliament uh, through its portfolio committees to play that role of oversight from time to time so that we don't wait until all, you know, a damage is done, but periodically from time to time intervention is made uh, by Parliament through asking the relevant questions so that uh, those who are uh, not rising to, to the occasion are brought to account and we don't really end up with an escalating and a runaway problem that we can't resolve. Um, and I think uh, the was an issue raised about uh, the quality of education uh, by Honourable Peters, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's, and I think also, um, is it Honourable Dikali raised the issue of ECD? Um, the the uh, the FFC had paid particular attention to the issue affecting ECD because we realised that unless we have a proper foundation at the level of ECD and there is a maximum access to uh, 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 in ECD structures, um, uh, if we don't get that one right, problems would then arise at high up in the education ladder, at primary, at high school, including at university. And, uh, and, and resolving those problems then at that level would be much more expensive than if we had invested enough, I mean, the minimum at ECD that is required. We've not really got that one right uh, as, as we speak. Uh, but we have already made uh, 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 submissions in that regard. The issue of, of migration, 
uh, from uh, as raised by Honorable Khali uh, 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 to the uh, Department of Basic Education from Social Development. Um, uh, we we we've made our contribution, but I think it is it is it is okay to acknowledge that the education department itself has not uh, produced uh, the kind of uh, quality education that uh, we all had expected to be. And we can't sort of take it for granted that through this migration, absorbing the ECD, things would then automatically run free. We do not know, run, run smoothly. We, we, we do not know exactly the, 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 the level of preparedness by the uh, Department of um, uh, the, the Department of uh, Basic Education, and uh, this would obviously be teething problems for them. But as we continue, uh, we would then uh, again uh, expect that Parliament would then have to play that role of. Uh, uh, monitoring and evaluation and constantly asking the right questions because we can't afford to get that one wrong. It's a critical stage in the history of our education. We've not had that experience before and, uh, and, and, and therefore there would be teething problems like I had said. We, um, the issue of rural uh, 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 ECD uh, uh, schools, it's also a difficult one. We, uh, we know that uh, uh, the rural areas always get the raw end of the stick in terms of uh, access to resources. One example in the ECD is that registration had always been very difficult. So you'd find a lot of uh, informal uh, ECDs that do not get uh, uh, subsidies or support from government simply because they've not been uh, registered. But we have, uh, 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 but 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 at the moment, uh, through uh, 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 FFC uh, submissions, registration process have been eased and 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 softened and and and, and to allow for greater access so that those that have been marginalized such as in the rural areas can then gain access to ecd but the problem again would be implementation and it requires a constant evaluation monitoring uh, from time to time for which again we would expect a uh, parliament to play uh, that particular role um Going back to issue of education, oh, all right, maybe before I, 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 I step off on the ECD, I think Sasha, uh, if possible, would then uh, provide more detail in terms of uh, timelines uh, for that migration and the uh, uh, implementation process with regard to that in order to provide uh, additional response to Honorable Dikhali uh, through you, Chair. And then... Um, uh, I think Honourable Peters, as well as uh, Honourable Kaisa, raised the issue of uh, artisanal skills. Surely, uh, it's it's a bigger weakness uh, that we have in the system of education at the moment, uh, because previously, uh, in uh, in the apartheid state, we did have uh, a very very functional. Uh, artisan skills uh, uh, programs that is very functional and very effective. And uh, 
and 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 for some reason through the TVET colleges, we've not really uh, managed to hone into that infrastructure that was there. Uh, the reforms and changes that we brought about have greatly undermined uh, uh, the programs of uh, artisan skills that uh, artisans training that was available at the time, and and we've not really exploited that uh, uh, that uh, uh, opportunity that we had before. Uh, therefore, this is why in our in our submission we recommend uh, structural reform with regard to that. And, uh, and, 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 and unless that is really addressed, unemployment, uh, especially for young people, and we, we estimate in terms of the, uh, the expanded definition of unemployment is about 46.6. And this is really a time bomb. Um, artisanal skills are very useful and uh, we, uh, and one does not really have to present a very glowing CV. If you have a, um, a function at home, you've got guests and suddenly there's a best pipe, all you need is, and water is gushing all over, all you need is somebody who can fix a problem and you pay that person at the time. And this is really just, I'm sorry to mention that uh, simplistic example, but it really just shows that uh, uh, people with those kind of skills do not really necessarily have to line up in queues uh, and, and, and present uh, lots of glowing CVs, but the job uh, gets to be done and then they can, it, this can go a long way in reducing unemployment and reducing uh, poverty. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Mbaba. Uh, thank you so much, um, Commissioner Mukadi. Um, Commissioner Kawe, any thoughts you want to share before I give the baton to the, the research team? Um, yes, Chair. Uh, um, I would. Uh, good morning, uh, Honourable Members. Uh, good morning uh, to the FSC team, and uh, thank you for the great presentation. I wanted to touch on the issue of Cesarea. Commissioner? Hello? Yes. Do, do you mind showing your, your, yourself? Perhaps you can switch off after oh, that. Okay. Um, just give me a minute. I'm working from alone. It's, it's, it's okay if you can't, you can, you can proceed. Uh, yeah, that's. Okay. All right. Um, so I wanted to address the issue of Cesarea to say when before the looting, Cesarea only had about 20 people working in that claims department. Uh, so when the looting started and the, the, the claims started to, 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 um, to come in, they had to go back because uh, their salary uh, budget did not allow them to hire more people. Commissioner, pardon me for, for interfering again. Uh, your video, it, it cuts you right in the middle. Okay. Oh. Can, yeah, that's, 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 yeah that's, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, Cesarea then had to uh, go ask for more money uh, because they did not have enough uh, salary budget uh, to to deal with the to deal with the, uh, the 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 claims and they did not have enough loss adjusters uh, 
And also there were some fraudulent claims that were made that came in. And um, I think by mid-September, they had already paid about 12.6 billion. So the issue of Sazra had more to do with capacity than um, them not having enough funds. I also wanted to touch on the SOEs to say that um, your ESCOMs, um, especially ESCOM, has to resolve their maintenance issues because municipalities would claim that if ESCOM gives them so much megawatts of electricity, they only receive so, uh, half of what ESCOM claims to have given them because of distribu distribution losses. And therefore, uh, we have to do intensive, um, or ESCOM has to do intensive maintenance uh, to make sure that what they distribute is what the municipality gets uh, so that there are no disagreements between ESCOM and the municipalities. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Kawe. Uh, I would like to hand over to our head of research and the team to take us through some of the, uh, the questions. Thanks. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioners. And uh, again, uh, thank you, uh, um, Honourable Chair members, for the well-placed uh, uh, questions. Uh, let me run right through it. Um, Chairperson, you uh, said uh, the regarding uh, the growth fixed capital formation, uh, why is this still low and why there seems to be a hesitancy uh, uh, in terms of uh, private sector coming to the party? I think... Um, it's that um, two factors. One is that uh, the world of investment and capital formation uh, infrastructure, these are long-term investment plans, right? And, uh, and they are long-term investment vehicles. Uh, they don't happen uh, just, uh, you know, in the morning uh, as we roll off the bed. Um, it's uh, it's Once you lock into the contract or lock into the investments, it will only be profitable if you remain within it uh, for some time. And so what that means is they approach it uh, with um, a, a extreme caution, of course. Uh, and, uh, and so they would look at the track record of the government, track record of the policy positions that has been undertaken, and then see, um, has the policies and the positions of the public sector and governments uh, been um, consistent, uh, it's been well uh, with good rationale uh, and those uh, uh, sort of uh, low risk and low uncertainty um, that would encourage uh, their investments. Uh, and so they watch it very carefully, as well as uh, remember that the world of investment is open and wide. So if they don't invest here, they, they can very well, the investors could very well go somewhere else. And it precisely uh, the bringing me to uh, the earlier points uh, regarding when somewhere else, uh, international, uh, you know, in the U.S. or the U.K., uh, other countries, um, they may have increased the yield uh, or the returns on their investments. Then, of course, the investors will uh, flock over there, uh, to, over to 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 that um, for the lower risk, higher return. Um, uh, investments and and so this is I think one 
so two, those two factors driving uh, the investments uh, dynamics uh, that is um, uh, they, they look at South Africa and then they, they will look at it and see uh, if it makes good sense to stay within it. And this includes, of course, the corporate income tax. Um, yes, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it, imagine that uh, today we're sadly here that uh, the, uh, you know, I want to invest uh, but the, and the tax is lowered. I want to invest, but uh, I also need to see how temperamental uh, that uh, tax relief uh, would remain. And if I think that the credibility uh, of that uh, tax decrease um, uh, is uh, will, will be temperamental or short-term or short-lived, and that uh, I don't know where, uh, if the tax might increase or it might be lowered even more and so forth, even uh, all those uncertainties will build to uh, towards uh, my investment decision and, 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 and so forth. And so that those dynamics uh, is what ultimately is, I think, holding the investors back, especially given the current global as well as domestic environment of investments. One day I want to invest, but suddenly I hear the government wants to move towards uh, a particular uh, you know, um, extreme or radical policy. That's also a risk uh, for me, uh, that deters me uh, from, from wanting to, to, to uh, put my money in. Um, and, uh, please pardon my, uh, the the sort of the very colloquial language I'm using here, but this is really how the investors uh, think. And then um, a subject uh, question is addressed very well uh, by a commissioner. And um, and the, the the why is the balance sheet keep getting worse? Um, apart from as as uh, Commissioner Kawe uh, very well alluded to, uh, it's really about the business model uh, of these uh, SOCs. And um, apart from those operational uh, uh, sort of deficiencies and, uh, and disparities there, um, I would also add, um, if I draw my uh, um, uh, experience as an accounting officer, is those contracts, especially those contracts that are multi-year, multi-million and billions, um, those contracts that, um, it, that are incredibly sticky. Uh, to transform or to amend, um, because obviously you, we can't um, even uh, reform is to take place. And maybe a contract that is not value for money and that needs to be cancelled, you can't cancel it right outright. So you have to go through a lot of processes and also a lot of um, uh, uh, you know obstacles to get it uh, off. Uh, the books. And so this is, um, I, I think, uh, it's the, uh, all of it points uh, towards this, um, there are these reforms that are on the uh, strategic agenda, but also it's another thing uh, to uh, especially look out for these contracts and, um, and, and the current uh, operations, uh, operational issues that are, uh, that are embedded in the processes. Um, and this centralized uh, shareholder model ultimately is, uh, the commission is encouraging this sort of accountability, uh, motivating, um, uh, um, shall we say, management um, and ownership. So through ownership. Um, so what exactly that is saying is that, um, Professor, as you observed, uh, Honorable Chair, um, it just seems like people come and then they, uh, and then, um, you know, the company could be going downhill, uphill, doesn't, uh, but generally when it goes downhill and then they just leave. 
um, with no cost to uh, the person, uh, him or herself. Um, and I think that is uh, the, the ultimately uh, what uh, this proposal is saying is that it, once that person joins, uh, there should be that sense of accountability. You are accountable for the operations and the uh, performance of that SSC for that period, period, um, and going forward. Um, and 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 the only thing I think uh, that anybody can do or should do in that situation is just to own up and uh, and 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 fix the the problems and face up to those um, the accountability the the accountabilities and the responsibilities and role that comes with the job. Um, and is this uh, procreation bill presented here supports economic transformation? However, uh, outcomes is uh, adverse uh, in trending. Um, so I, I think at this point, uh, as alluded to also from our um, various uh, submissions to uh, Parliament and committees, is that appropriation in the sense of the the macro allocation, right, so the fiscal allocation of um, of um, of resources nationally raised or otherwise, um, uh, is actually not really the problem. There is enough money floating around. I think the problem here is uh, the within misallocation. So once, say, a department receives the money, the within misallocation, where such as Cesarea didn't have enough COE or another function that maybe don't have enough uh, um, equipment um, and or a core business function that is not invest, not uh, 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 only receiving a, a minor portion of the uh, department's budgets or the, the organization's budgets, those issues, notwithstanding, of course, there, uh, further to that also, uh, is then the spending and the execution of the budgets uh, that is of issue. Um, it's strange, uh, but I see um, uh, that, or we see um, that generally there would be budget, but spending is not, uh, not there uh, to support the future allocation of that uh, municipality, for instance, as the Honourable uh, Member has also alluded to. Moving up, uh, one to first, uh, if I may address, um, I absolutely agree with Honourable Peters. It is unfair. It is unfair because, like I alluded to last time, um, the fact that uh, you, I mean, uh, Russia was only uh, downgraded to junk once it has entered into, that's called a conflict uh, with another country. Um, its investment grade was only then, uh, you know, downgraded uh, to that extent. Versus South Africa, we we were already uh, uh, fallen into the junk grade. And I think, um, yes, there are, um, the investors, again, will tell you it's all about risk and reward and, and so forth. And South Africa is of higher risk and so forth. But uh, I think there is a slight uh, part of uh, it's just bizarre uh, in that rationale or that framework of uh, risk and reward um, when you are comparing a country that is at war versus another country that is not at war. Uh, I think the, the, the comparison is just totally unfair. And it's in that unfairness that I propose uh, uh, presented also regarding um, the monetary policy. Um, I, let me just be clear. Um, um, 
through research and also the um, uh, and 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 I brought up the example of Turkey and and also the other um, uh, sort of monetary policy decisions around the world is that I think it's uh, a misapplied um, it's a, um, policy decision made in error um, to try and address inflation. Um, forgetting about forget about whether it's core or non-core, uh, what is the cause of it? But it's trying to address um, the a supply side caused inflation, pushed inflation. We call it in economics, with a monetary policy tool or policy tool that is effective, much more directly on a demand uh, pool inflation. So, 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 so I think in that misapplication, um, what I was uh, pointing out, um, what we're pointing out here is that this misapplication, um, error or not, and this is the second part, which is again unfair towards South Africa, is that um, because of how open the investment world is and this, uh, the risk and reward uh, structure is um, for investment. Uh, is that um, South Africa is really put in a position that is incredibly difficult, that if we don't, um, obviously, if we do, right, our interest rate is going to go up, um, all cost of money, essentially, of our currency is going up. But at the same time, if we don't, then we might uh, follow in the same um, uh, uh, suit as uh, something like Turkey, where um, where just around the time um, during and after COVID, um, they um, instead of increasing interest rates, uh, watching inflation and watching um, and, you know the, those uh, and 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 those uh, in interest rate of other countries, uh, instead they decreased their rates. And then what happened was uh, the uh, the rent, I mean the lira, depreciated, and all of those effects kicks in uh, and causing the I mean, in this case, if we bring that example back to South Africa, the risk ultimately is that our rent depreciates so much that our redemption schedule uh, of our debt, uh, which is all denominated in US dollars, I think there is only one small item that is still denominated in Japanese yen, um, but all of those costs on debt and financing debt and redeeming debt will escalate uh, a lot. Uh, and at the same time, not forgetting that um, whilst uh, this suddenly the uh, advanced economies or other countries' uh, investment vehicles now suddenly seem much more attractive for investors to invest in, so capital will shift in that direction and resulting in in, in us uh, sitting nothing um, with, with no resources except uh, just um, you know uh, pieces of paper that is called rand, South African rand. Um, so that is the risk uh, the, and the dynamics that is uh, incredibly unfair and also uh, a risk for us, financial and fiscal risk for us. Um, I shall move um, uh, uh, also Honorable Peter's uh, very good question about capacity of central. Um, I'll be quick. Uh, because South Africa is quite big, uh, roads, uh, it stretches uh, kilometers, right? Um, uh, thousands and, and tens of thousands and so forth. Um, the, the issue, the, the trick here, we believe, is uh, really about this uh, data-informed 
monitoring evaluation of road conditions. Obviously, not all roads uh, can be, you know, top of the grade line and of, uh, say, five lanes, uh, in, you know, parallel to each other roads. Uh, so one has to really maintain and repair um, uh, those uh, based on demand and conditions of the road. Um, educational outcome, yes, uh, as earlier Commissioner uh, Mokali has said, um, we this year especially we have we do have a in the 23-24 divisional revenue which we will submission which we will table just at the end of the month. Uh, there is a chapter totally dedicated to this issue of educational outcome uh, in relation to uh, budget cuts and value for money. And uh, this year we use uh, just to ensure the uh, um, quality assure on this uh, this research in particular. We used uh, we were working with NT for the, the personal data. Um, which is on the salary data of the teachers and COE costs, uh, as well as a DBE on the educational outcomes. Um, uh, Honorable Mantafa, um, those impacts uh, from outside, again, um, uh, what's, what is our, what is the space for us to maneuver policy-wise and otherwise? Um, so, so obviously we all now know that it is a price side effect. Um, it's, very, uh, this is what uh, uh, commission is suggesting is uh, we see a problem and then that problem is inflation, but it's even more important to understand what is uh, the nature of this problem. Clearly we're saying that uh, first differentiating between whether it's uh, cost push, supply push, uh, or is it demand pull inflation? And then understanding that then we can apply uh, and, and, and apply the right tools to the to the problem, uh, to the to, to the correct problem, um, and to address it correctly. Um, and as well as uh, these, uh, the, the the what to what other policies uh, and what happens if the say the war comes to an end and so forth, and what to do about these uh, financial and fiscal sustainability issues. At the end of the day, uh, really, it's um, I, I struggle to find a better term, but to just say we have to self-improve and become more self-reliant. Um, this, uh, if you look um, and and go through all the channels and sequence of uh, of economic indicators and effects, um, it's dangerous uh, for us to be dependent on. External forces, as you can, uh, as you as you pointed out, uh, regarding the unfairness that we feel uh, from the world, um, and as well as the inefficiencies uh, within um, the our domestic economy that needs uh, a speedy, uh, very very uh, quick. We need to be eliminated. <laughs> Um, and then and also increase own productivity and is um, I think uh, then um, finally I want to say with regards to um, you know when people think about jobs it's about education it's uh, about uh, those uh, skills development. Commission, we have Mr. 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 M
Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, hope this gets better. Uh, my final point is just that um, it's really now the the, the focus uh, really should be put on uh, the um, the demand side of uh, the labor market uh, instead of constantly supply side uh, or education right uh, labor force participation rates and those things. Um, the focus is on the demand side, and what that means is really the structural reforms within the industries and the value chains. And you remember the commission, uh, we said the localized product value chain approach. It's really about changing the, the, the way of business and the value chain proposition uh, and, and position um, and the strategic alignment of that within our industries to increase ultimately employment. And then we can talk earnings and purchasing powers and standard of living for our people. Uh, let me, uh, uh, if I may, hand over quickly to uh, Sasha and Tando for those relevant uh, short responses. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chair. I think I'm covered on all the education-related uh, questions, uh, except to indicate that the migration of ECD from social development to basic education um, has already is already underway and the Minister of DBE is um, or was responsible for ECD as of April, 1st of April, 2022. Um, yeah, that was just to add on to uh, Prof Mukadi's uh, input on ECD. Thank you. Thank you, Tando. Thank you. Thank you, Chen, and thank you, uh, Chairperson, uh, again for the opportunity. Uh, I think um, I'm largely covered uh, in, in as far as the SO issues are concerned by the commissioners and uh, as well as uh, 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 the head of research, Chen. Uh, but I just want to uh, make a comment uh, with regards to, to a question that was, read, uh, was raised um, uh, in relation to infrastructure. Uh, the, the point that we're making, you know, that uh, infrastructure uh, uh, investment uh, has been uh, declining uh, with, regards, with regards to local government. So what, what I want, just want to say is that the implementation of the um, uh, fiscal consolidation exercise, uh, we've seen that it has targeted uh, infrastructure, infrastructure spending. So what has happened uh, and what uh, the implication of that is that uh, less resources have been made available to municipalities uh, to uh, pay for the maintenance of the existing infrastructure and also to provide new infrastructure for um, base, uh, for the basic services that they, they, they are rendering to, 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 to the communities. So um, in, such a, in such a context and um, whereby you, you already have a backlog of, of uh, uh, infrastructure. It, it means that the the the, the, the amount of uh, uh, the things that the municipalities have to do in order to get rid of backlog uh, it, it really becomes even more insurmountable, given uh, the the resources, the legal resources that is uh, made available to them. So I just wanted to to, to clarify that, um, and maybe also just to add that. Uh, what we we're saying with regards to uh, the centralized uh, shareholder model for for SOEs, we the way we understand it is that uh, uh, we, we will have a controlling um, a company that will 
we'll be able to, to, to form um, or to consist of a pool of experts that, that can um, thoroughly look uh, at uh, corporate governance uh, issues at, at Osofi and how how that uh, how the current um, you know difficulties that we've already explained can be resolved when when it, when it comes to to SOEs, so issues of accountability and um, uh, consequence management uh, needs to be looked at thoroughly, and we, we think that um, uh, um, uh, this uh, uh, body, uh, uh, which will consist of expert, will will will, ha- will thoroughly look uh, at these issues across all the SOEs. And not just any uh, a few specific uh, 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 SOEs. So there will be a, a comprehensive um, diagnosis exercise that will will look at how uh, we can resolve the issues that are currently uh, uh, characterizing um, our SOEs. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Let me end here. For thank you. Let me hand over to uh, back to uh, our chairperson, and uh, thank you again, honourable chair members, for today. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Chen and Tim. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Honourable Chairperson of the Committee and Honourable Members. That is the extent of our presentation and the answers that we are able to provide. Uh, we hand over the baton to you, Chair. Thank you so much, um, uh, Dr. Mbava and the, and, 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 and the, and the team. Um, I think we can, uh, we can proceed. Uh, with uh, our 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 meet our meeting, uh, we are free to continue being part of the meeting. Um, all members will 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 jump to the uh, minutes of the committee, the minutes of of the um, the minutes of the meeting of the third of May 20, uh, uh, let's let's take uh, let's take off the 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 FFC presentation. Irene, I still see the FFC presentation on the platform. Darren? Chairperson, yes, I've removed the um, okay. co-commissions. Yeah. Should okay. be gone. Yeah, that's 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 better. Thank thank, thank you very much, um, all members. Let's go to the minutes of the third of May 20, uh, 2022. 20, the minutes were 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 sent were sent to us. Can I have indications? Uh, can I have a mover the of, for the adoption of the minutes? Chairperson, I move Mlenzana. Honourable Mlenzana moves for the ad. ad Adoption of the of the minutes. Agreed. Seconda. Kaiso seconds, chair. Honorable Kaiso seconds. Right. Thank thank you very much. I think that's the only set of minutes we are having. Um, Darren, do you have any announcements? Chairperson, yes, I have an annou- two announcements. Uh, the first one is Mr. Kwankwa apologized after um, yeah, okay. after the presentation commenced, so he submitted an apology. It was just a little bit late. Yes. Um, and, the, and the other announcement is, Chairperson, next week we were supposed to have a meeting with Department of Police on the 2022 appropriation bill next week, Wednesday. However, they say they are saying that they have a prior engagement with the Portfolio Committee and they're asking for an alternative date. So um, I'm gonna suggest that we take 
Friday the 20th chairperson next week. Instead of meeting with police on the 18th, we'll meet with them on the 20th, if the committee is happy with that. Thank you, Chair. Honourable members, and uh, as, as you know that these, uh, these weeks, uh, in fact, this term is very difficult because there are also budget votes and so on. So I think we need to be uh, as flexible as, 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 as possible. Any, any opposition to that, honourable members, to this suggestion by uh, uh, Darren? Honourable Chair? Yes, Honourable Tehani. Thank you very much. I, I want to support the idea. To me, it's even uh, good because it doesn't clash. Friday does not clash with my State Security Committee. JCI Committee, thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you, Honourable Tihale. Um, seconded, Honourable Members? Yes, Mr. President. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll, let's make that amendment, uh, uh, Darren, and uh, let's inform all uh, the oral Members about the, the change which has been necessitated by uh, the commitment of, 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 of SEPs. Okay? Which I will do. Yeah, okay, let's 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 do that. Any other announcement? No, Chairperson, that's it. Tomorrow we are meeting with uh, Sasria on the 22 second adjustments appropriation bill. Thank you, Perry. Meeting uh, Sasria tomorrow. Thank you. Honorable members, this uh, that brings us to the end of uh, our, our meeting. The meeting stands adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. We're having budget votes, uh, all members, that we should attend uh, in the afternoon. Don't forget. Mini plenaries. Mini plenaries, yes. Thank you. Yes, Chair. Thank you. We'll remember, Chair. Thank you.